This podcast episode is brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network, where you get your healthcare insights from the most inspiring healthcare podcasters. Welcome to the Sancial Podcast, where we host interviews with the most transformational nurse scientists, innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Through sharing their personal journeys, we create inspiration, provide guidance, and give you actionable ideas you can use to be a catalyst for change. I'm Mary Lou Ackerman. I'm Vice President of Innovation and Digital Health at SE Health, which is one of Canada's largest social enterprises, primarily serving clients in their homes. But also we do provide care in long-term care facilities and hospitals and schools. So really meet people where they are and where they need their needs. I'm also a founding member of Sanciel and, and really happy to be your host today for the podcast. I wonder if we could start with uh, you just sharing a little bit about your background and welcoming. I probably should have welcomed Kathy McGraw. Is that how you say your last name? It's McGraw, Kathleen yep. McGraw. Yep. It's very nice to meet you. So my background is I'm actually a trauma critical care nurse. I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and we have the R. Adams Cali Shock Trauma Center here. So I was very lucky to have gotten the opportunity to work in the trauma resuscitation unit. As I was doing my clinical, I came to realize I was at, it was at the time where we started to more and more utilize computer systems for patient care, uh, not full-blown electronic health records. It was actually prior to that. We had a lot of homegrown stuff that we would have mm-hmm. to use. And so I decided that there may be an opportunity on the information technology side. Really, for me, it was around how do we communicate the clinician's needs to the developers? We had some guys in the basement who built a program. 3.2.1 got hematology, 3.2.2 got chemistries, and I wanted to see all my labs together. And when I asked about it, I was told some guys in the basement built this and never asked us what we wanted it for. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, I got to figure out who the guys are in the basement, how to get to them, and how do we communicate with them how the needs that we have, right, on, on our, our, our end user needs for um, our clinical systems. And through part of that, I ended up getting my master's in nursing informatics because I felt like I needed to have some knowledge of what they were speaking to me about so I could learn that terminology. So I always say I'm the bridge between clinical and technical. I'm very deep clinically. I did clinical for many, many, many years in a multitude of settings. And then I have enough technical to be dangerous. So that's kind of how I got started in it. And I thought I would take care of more patients than just the two, one or two I was taking care of in the, in the trauma resuscitation unit, frankly. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, really important role. A similar background to myself, actually, in with informatics. And I did the I did a master's of MBA, but also with a focus in health information management. So really important, I believe, to have nurses at these development tables and that bridge between the technical and the clinical, because uh, if it's not designed with the right user's input, we know what happens all too well. Yep. And we're seeing it. Now, right, the accumulation of this all those years, and I am guilty of it. I, I, my first job, I implemented a clinical information system for acute care and uh, periop anesthesia. And I remember 
you know, not through any fault of my own, but because I really believed it at the time, we were going to make you better, faster, stronger when we would go in and talk to the providers. You know, I never mentioned, oh, we're going to make you slower and make you have your hands on a keyboard 80% of the time and increase your cognitive overload because we're going to give you so much data that you can never process it in a timely manner. And now we're seeing the impact of what we didn't know then, right? I wish we had known more then, but it's, it's like anything, you know, we have to learn, but we also have to innovate, right, to improve, to make these improvements. We have to see where the failings are and help make the improvements. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what has inspired you to work in healthcare and stay in healthcare? Well, I've always been about patient care, you know, sticking my finger in a bullet hole was fun to me. So I'm, you know, very much a hands-on clinical provider. I've even in my informatics world, I do I do one year, one time a year, I try to do a medical mission where I actually do hands-on care. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the Philippines. I've done a lot in South America. And then during COVID, I started becoming a vaccinator. So I worked with the Baltimore City Health Department and, you know, got out and, and vaccinated folks because I've kind of felt like that was my responsibility to, you know, that volunteer. Um, I also volunteer with the American Red Cross. I don't necessarily do nursing for the Red Cross. I am a disaster action team member and actually respond to any type of emergency, fire, flooding, and, you know, try to help people out. So I guess I'm a helper. So that's probably why um, I, you know, I've stayed more on the clinical side. Wow. What an interesting uh, clinical experience, especially those medical missions. I would imagine that you see all kinds of opportunities and possibilities when you're when you're in those situations. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the When I first started going to, well, the Philippines is very interesting. Um, there's a lot of discussion there because, you know, many of the Filipino nurses come to America to work. Mm-hmm. So we kind of do a brain drain and there's a lot of, you know, angst there when you go and you talk to those clinical providers. South America was very interesting. Um, I didn't anticipate talking about this, but it's pretty, I think it's pretty interesting. I went with Microsoft. I've been with Microsoft two times across um, 11 years. And initially it was in 2007 till 2012, I was in an incubation um, team within Microsoft. And that was the group that actually, I went with a group that was affiliated with Microsoft and then an organization called Timmy Global Health. And we went to um, the Amazon basin in uh, South America and we went in, in and out of villages and took care of uh, patients. And, you know, typical Microsoft people, engineers, they were like, why are we using paper? And the humidity was so bad, Mary Lou, the patient would literally come to me with one piece of paper. And by the time they got to me, it would be like mush because it was so Mm. humid in that environment. So the engineers went back and they built an electronic health record for the Amazon basin. And essentially they gave it to the organization, Timmy Global Health was all open source. And so we actually had an electronic health record in the middle of the Amazon jungle. We brought a, we brought a generator with us. We had one server that, you know, they counted as like, you know, one PC that was, they considered the server and they set up Wi-Fi. So we'd spend the first 30 minutes using duct tape and band-aids to, you know, get the Wi-Fi to hang up on a concrete wall. And we actually had an electronic health record, very basic. The important thing was we were able, they wanted to track the population, which was good. And the other thing was they really wanted to have an understanding on medications. Like when we go to a specific area, you know, people, one time we had a very, very long clinic day, almost 12 hours. And at the end of the day, they ran out of pediatric Tylenol and we had patients waiting for it. And then we couldn't distribute it to them. So that was really a failing that they took very, very seriously. So 
what do you do? So this kind of helped them with their, I guess, supply chain, right? How would they be able to manage those things? So it was pretty cool. And they're still using it today, as far as I know. Um, so it was, it was all good stuff came right. out of that. Yeah, great, great story. So at what point did you recognize in your career that, you know, innovation was the path that you wanted to be on? I think I kind of always wanted to be innovative, even when I, you know, was a nurse at Shock Trauma. I had a lot of opportunity there. They had a lot of grant funding. We actually were fully uh, media capable there. Um, we did a lot of studies where the, say, the resident would do an ultrasound and the attending physician would actually be in another room and they would relay, almost like a telemedicine. And that was to simulate the um, the theater right? The war theater. So if you have a, a soldier who's injured, you know, in the middle of Afghanistan and, you know, they need to have an ultrasound by a medic, could a physician monitor that and see, do they need, how do they, how quickly they need to get them to definitive care. And I actually was the research assistant when I got my master's degree and we put these eyeglasses. It wasn't Google Glass, but we eyeglasses on all of the different trauma providers. And then I had to go through and I had to look at like who was looking at what, right? So if you're looking at eye motions, the nurse is looking at the patient's face and their chest and their abdomen. If you're looking at the anesthesia provider, it's their their face and their chest. If you're looking at the primary physician, it's, you know, head, chest, abdomen, you know, uh, extremities. And then the medical student was looking at the clock and looking at this and looking at that, right? They were like all over the place. And I found that really interesting that, you know, even looking at where someone's paying attention to a patient could actually impact their their outcomes. Um, we did another study around alerting in the OR and, you know, alert fatigue. And this was a long time. This was a really long time ago. I don't want to date myself. You'll think I'm really old. But I always thought that was really fascinating and how could, you know, technology really improve what we're doing. So I think when you're looking at technology, you're always kind of thinking about being innovative, right? Like, right. how can we make change? How do we do that change management? How do we implement it? How do we convince other folks that what we're doing is for the best? Because, you know, we have laggards that we need to pull along. So I don't know if there was like a point in time where I had like an aha moment, I'm really innovative, but there was definitely a moment where I thought, wow, this is really cool. And I like doing this. Right. That's probably right. really more that point. Yeah. And I was still a nurse. I was still a clinician working right. at the bedside when that yeah. happened. Yeah. I right. think nurses are phenomenal innovators, right? We're great multitaskers. We're really good at motivating people to do things. And by that, I, you know, we learn from our patients, like how do you get a patient to do something they not want to do? And then, you know, we're always thinking of great ideas because no matter what we're trying to do, we're trying to do the best thing for the patient. Right. I think the difficulty we run into is articulating to someone, how do we take that great idea and deliver it into something actionable for many people? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I loved uh, your example of the the glasses and monitoring what people were doing and the impact that have, you know, that whole space around the human factors of design and solutioning. So important. And, you know, I think the other thing is that we're with Sanseo, we're also we have a, today a methodology an innovation methodology that we share with our members that is continuing to build and grow based on feedback from the membership. So it's, it, I think will be a really great tool. It is today, but I think it'll continue to be a good tool and, and get better over time with more people using it and more feedback to help nurses with that sort of innovation approach. So how do they take that great idea and bring it through their organization or not, or venture out on their own with it to help solve some of the big challenges that we're facing. So what has been sort of the biggest challenge that you faced in your career? 
I would say, I think everyone has, you know, challenges, you know, personal and professional. Um, I've actually been let go. I was a reduction in force. Boy, was that a humbling experience. We feel like we give so much to our jobs, to our positions. And, you know, you do a, a, you know, you feel like you're doing a great job. And then, you know, to be part of a riff was, was pretty impactful for me, but, you know, you make lemonade. I actually learned a really good skill set. I learned how to find another job and actually it ended up better for me in the long run. Um, and I was part of a multiple person riff. So it wasn't just myself. It was many people. And I had seen, um, riffs prior from that organization. They had had a few riffs prior to that. Um, so I would say that was something that I, th- I, I think is some people, um, that's a big challenge, right? It's just the challenge of personal profession, not only the fact that you lost your job and now you have to kind of figure out how you're going to, you know, make ends meet or, you know, live through the day, but just the whole, you know, psychological part of it for me, I'm a pretty high achiever and you're like crushed, you know, it's really tough, but you know what? It was a great learning experience and I moved on and I do try to impart when I have people who've told me they've experienced that, you know, can I help them out? I've got some great tips and tricks on what you need to do. And, you know, I learned to grow my network and expand my network. And like I said, I ended up in a much better place than I had been at. So it actually worked out for the best. So I was, I guess I was lucky in that aspect of it, to be honest, Mary Lou, but that was, that was probably a tough one. And then, you know, you know, I've had loss of family members, you know, it all puts it in perspective. I'm a trauma nurse. If it's not life or limb threatening, Mm -hmm. you got to kind of like just roll with it. So it, those are the types of things that I think are very impactful, but I have a very tight knit family, uh, which is helpful. So I always tell people, you know, make sure you have a good support system. Cause I think that that is what really helps us get through those kind of challenges and the bumps in the road, frankly. Yeah, for sure. Those are, um, you know, although, although not a reflection of you as a person or as a professional, because it is a reduction in force. Yeah, uh, but they are also, you know, even with that being said, they're, they're humbling experiences and, uh, but the ones that we can grow from, and it sounds like, you know, so many great words of wisdom there around the networking and, and social support and making sure you have things in place always, not just for those situations, but for any challenging situations that you run into, uh, you know, especially as a nurse, because we're so used to helping others. We're, we're not we are. you know, putting the, the safety nets around ourselves. So thank you. for Yeah, sharing. we're gr- sure. We're great helpers, but we're always not so we don't always take help so easily or reach out so easily, right? That was hard for me. Yeah. You know, when I had my riff, I had to start to reach out to people and I realized that it's okay and and people want to help you, right? As long as you're kind to other people, right? Don't burn any bridges. That's my other learning, <laughs> I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, but, um, that network's but, yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So how has uh, Sanciel helped you in your, your journey as a nurse? Oh, I love Sancio. I think that it's a phenomenal organization. Um, I love the networking, the connecting, um, the opportunity for the learnings. Like I've attended quite a few of the sessions where they've had, where you've had folks that have spoken. And I just think they're phenomenal. I think it, for me, I think it's as a nurse informaticist, I feel very strongly that we need to up-level the nurse informaticist. And I'm sure you probably think of nurses overarching, but for me, I'm kind of in that nurse informaticist role. I feel very strongly we need to up-level their thought processes. And I think Sanseal offers that opportunity by connecting to the, the thought leaders that the nurse informaticist really should be connecting to. I feel we need to, there's so much more we can do around innovation. It's not just about the EMR and the data. It's about 
the insights we get from the data and how we can action on it. And we can action on it in many, many ways. And we need to be innovative to think about those actions. So um, as an organization, I feel that Sanciel promotes that and really helps their members, you know, look at ideas on how they can either launch an idea or connect to other folks who can help them. Like I said, I think it's all about the, a lot of it's about the network. I won't say all about the network, but very heavily about the network um, and who we're connected to and who can help us and assist us. And I think in general, most people want to help each other. So that's definitely those opportunities are very helpful, very beneficial. I love the meetings, you know, the guy could be over a hundred people on a meeting and you, you're like, oh, wow, like I met that person at a hack. And, you know, so I think that's really great. So I think really Sanciel offers those types of opportunities and members have the ability to take advantage of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the whole space of nursing informatics is going to explode over the next few years as we're seeing and I really hope it does because, you know, we're seeing so much more health data being collected. And if we don't mm. really guide how we're going to really use that as nurses, I think it, it will be a hindrance if it's not done properly. You know, as your early days experience of wanting to meet the guys in the basement who are giving you this disparate data sets, yeah. you know, that's going to get worse for us if we don't uh, really understand and drive and influence you know, AI, artificial intelligence, and how we're doing machine learning, all of those things, to, so that it really is insightful and useful information as we go forward. Yeah, I agree. I think the tsunami of data is hitting. We need to be able to help people understand that. The other providers, the nurses, the physicians, the patients. I was just uh, facilitated some panels around precision medicine, mm. and patients get these like Bibles back on like DNA analysis of like their cancers or their their disease process. They don't understand it. They don't know how to yeah. dissect it down. It's a it's a really tough skill set to learn. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to need the nurse informaticist will be a part and a parcel of that, um, yeah. educating the nurses on the floor as to what they're looking at when they have see these studies, as well as the patients. So I agree. I think nurse informaticists, we're going to see the role really expand and grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be away from the EMR and towards the innovation of what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good. So um, what are you most excited about then in the healthcare space and innovation and nursing innovation in particular? Well, I'm very excited that, well, I shouldn't put excited. I would say that I am eager to see how now that the rest of the world realizes how bad the workforce crisis inverted and burnout is, now that's revealed to the naked eye. We've always had that. I mean, I've been a nurse for a long time and we Mm -hmm. always work through crises. We never let it known to our patients. We didn't want to scare them, right? I mean, I remember many a time where we just, you know, you don't talk about it. But I think now everyone in the world, it's a global problem. You know, we have this retention, recruitment, attrition. It's it's really horrible. And specific uh, to nursing, I'm really excited that there's now a focus on nursing and how can we make these improvements? How can we automate manual processes? How can we leverage artificial intelligence, like you mentioned, to assist them to really look at what they need to be looking at in a timely manner? And then how can we leverage all the other goodness around things like conversational AI and computerization or the computational AI, things that we can really look at? The nurse could walk in the room and say, hi, Kathleen, how do you feel? And I can say, oh, I don't feel so good today. And that'll be transcribed for the nurse, not just the physician. So I think as nurses, we have to really push 
for you know how we're going to leverage technology to improve our processes and help our patients, right? It's all about patient outcomes at the end of the day, but that'll improve our patient outcomes. Yeah, I think your point about you know needing to lean into uh, voice technology is going to be really important so we can move nurses from the screens back to the bedside. Um, Correct. Where they're, where they're most needed. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to head in that direction. We're seeing it in the, in our households with, the, you know, the Google Homes and other devices like that, which are actually working quite well for people. And, and the adoption rate is pretty high. So hopefully we'll start to see that come into to healthcare more and more. We will, we will. I think we'll see it more and more. I think it'll be closer than we think. My fingers are crossed that we can really push it. There's a whole, you know, it has to understand the medical terminology and who's talking, you know, if it's a child and there's a parent in the room and things like that. We can do that today, Mary Lou. We got it. We just have to figure out how do we embed these types of technologies into the nurse's workflow, which is a lot more complicated than a physician where you walk in and you're sitting in your doctor's office and you're just talking between you, right? right? There's a lot going on at the bedside when you go into a patient's room and there's a lot of beeping and buzzing and things like that. True. But I have, I have, I'm very bullish on that. And I'm very hopeful that we're going to get that out there sooner than later. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. I'd like to keep in touch with you about uh, that. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And home care, it'd yeah. be great for home care, it right? I mean, they have so much going on in home care. There, there's so much that, yeah. and we're going to see that move as well. We're going to see hospital in the home. We're going to see that shift where we see more and more healthcare providers have to deliver care in the home. That's going to impact everything. Nurses leave nursing school now and they go to acute care. That may not be in the future. They may go directly into home care. I don't know. We have to figure that out. So there's a lot of complexity to it. And we need to prepare these nurses. They need to be prepared when they get out because there's no three or six months orientation anymore. They just don't have the staff that can do that. Hospitals, organizations don't have the staff that can do that right now. Right, right. But I'm sure there are different ways to do that as well that can still be effective. You know, Absolutely. We've got virtual nurse mentors. So we've got, yeah. you know, lesser experienced nurses in the ICU with a more experienced nurse that they can do a Teams call, like a Microsoft mm-hmm. Teams call, and they can actually see the video. They can show them. They can flip it. They can show them. Here's what I'm looking at. Can you help me? Right. Um, we have nurses that are going into the bedside and they're doing those types of things around double checks of medications on IV pumps that need to be double checked rather than bringing someone in a room, especially in isolation. So there's a lot of technology that that we're starting to see more and more on the nursing realm. We just need to continue to push it forward. And we need the nurses to give the input into how it's working for them. And if it's not working for them the way they need it to work, we need to push to make it work for them the way it should work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're seeing a lot of those sort of uh, video consults as well in in um, the home care space mm-hmm. as well, and the use of uh, um, different technology to support e consults. Let's say for say wound care, uh, some there's some nice technology out there now too. So that if you have your wound specialist, but she can't be, you know, you can imagine the distance that they drive. Uh, it's really helped them to stay in one spot and then have the the nurses who are local caring for the clients take pictures you know, it automates measurements, send that to the wound specialist who then provides guidance. So yeah, lots of, lots of cool things happening out there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So um, what's one thing that you'd like to leave for our listeners today? Words of I would, yeah, I would say, you know, follow your passion. If you have an idea, take your idea and grow it to fruition, you know, talk to other people about it, continue to network, 
so that you can really understand what's already out there and available and, you know, look for people that'll help you. There's a lot of people that will help you. Um, you just need to make the reach out. I know there's a lot of a lot of people are a little hesitant to make a reach out. They don't want to bother someone or they don't want to, you know, they don't want to disturb them. But I think that, you know, in general, all of us want to help each other out. And I think that's how we should be actually is, you know, help each other out. It's it is a tribe and we need to grow the tribe. Right. Great. Yeah. No, that's uh, I think those are good words of wisdom that, you know, following that passion and asking for support and finding the people who who can help you get there is really important. So, Kathy, I wanted to thank you for joining us today for our podcast. I also wanted to thank you for all the help that you've done uh, with the Sanciel hackathons. Really appreciate your your support with those. And hopefully we'll see you at the next uh, Sanciel Think Conference, which is coming up this fall in Niagara Falls, the first in-person one since COVID. So we're really excited to get to back together as a group. Hopefully you can join us. And I would imagine you join us already at the, the monthly meetups. So yeah, I love the monthly meetups. I'm looking forward to the nurse hack pitch that's coming up. Yeah, the nurse And pitch. I'd love to make it to Niagara is beautiful. So I'd love to make it up there. It's so nice. Thanks for having me, Mary Lou. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Sancial podcast. If today's podcast inspired you, we invite you to join our tribe or support our mission by visiting us at sancial.org. That's S-O-N-S-I-E-L dot org. This episode was brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and let us know what you're looking for.